Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute and email us your story at newlifewoc at aol.com. As we continue to share the truth of God's word all around the world, we encourage you to partner with us financially at newlifewoc.com. Thanks again. Enjoy today's message from Pastor Anthony Jones. You got it. And as a child of God, you are not looking to be blessed. The moment you got saved, you were blessed. All right. Well, listen, listen, whether you see evidence of it or not in your life right now, you got it. You're blessed. If you're saved, you got it. You are marked for success by God. Now, what you have to do is you have to work with that blessing. You got it. And the best way I can explain it to you, and as we go a little bit farther in this series over the next couple of weeks, I don't know if some of y'all, you know, have water hoses in your yard. And, you know, you'll use your water hose to, to wash your car, to water your garden. And something may, you know, now they have the little sprayers where you can spray it and stuff like that. But back in the day, we didn't have the sprayer. They had a hand sprayer. So what you had to do is you had to bend the hose. You got it? So you would, you would bend the hose so the water would stop flowing. Now, it didn't mean that the water wasn't there. The water was there. The pressure was there. You got it? But you bent the hose so you could cut off the flow. You got it? So, so, so that's the same thing with the blessing. You got it? You got it? You have the blessing. You have this intangible empowerment on your life if, you, if you're saved that will bring forth success and prosperity in your life. But what happens is, is disobedience and sin cuts off the flow. You got it? That, listen, it's still there. It's still there. God don't, God don't rescind it from you. But, you know, I tell people all the time, I said, really, you know, we got, the, we got this wrong mindset of God. We think that when we get in sin or, or we miss the mark, that God is up there in heaven. Talking, I can't believe they missed that again. I can't believe they did. No, man. Listen, God has already, listen, and I hate to say it like this, but really, um, you making mistakes in life, I mean, missing the mark, sinning, I mean, it ain't bother God. It really don't. You want to know why? Because God has already, watch this, sent the punishment for your sin on Jesus. So when you listen, so when you make a mistake and you miss the mark, God ain't saying, Lord, I just really wish they would really get it together. You know, I just can't believe. No, man, as far as God is done, you done got it together. But because of the law of sin and death in the earth. When you, when you flow in this constant disobedience, being unwilling to heed to the voice of God, it blocks the flow of the blessing that is on your life. You got it? And so what we got to do is we got to, listen, stop blocking the flow. You got, you, you got to choose in your own life, you know what, that I'm, I'm no longer going to do things that's going to block up this flow that God has already placed on me because I am a believer. You got somebody say, I have the blessing. Go to Proverbs 10 and 22. Very common passage of scripture. Proverbs 10 and verse 22. So, so you ain't waiting to get it. You already got it. You got it? Now what you got to do is you just got to work with what you got. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10 and verse 22. Very common passage of scripture here. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. But Proverbs 10 and 22 reads, it says, That the blessing of the Lord, it maketh what? Rich. And he addeth no sorrow what? Now you can't take this out of the Bible. No, you can't take it out of the Bible. It says that the blessing, not the blessings with an S. He says the blessing, it maketh what? Rich. And it addeth no sorrow. So now this scripture is not talking about the house will make you rich. It ain't talking about the car will make you rich. It is not talking about the tangible stuff, but it is talking about the intangible. You got it? So it's saying that this intangible stuff that's on you, the blessing, it says it maketh what? Rich. And it addeth no what? Sorrow. Now, in the kingdom, it is the intangible that produces the tangible. You got it? So what you do is you don't chase after the tangible. No, no, see, this what, see, you got believers, they chasing after the stuff. But you don't chase after the 
stuff that is tangible, you chase after the intangible. You want the intangible that produces the tangible. Now, this word rich messes with a whole lot of people. You got, especially in the church, because they think, you know, once you get saved and you come into church, you're supposed to take a vow of poverty. You got it? But listen, no, no, but that's not, the, that's not the teaching of Scripture because if you look at Scripture, God always took care of his folk. I'm, okay, let, let's say, how many of y'all got children? All right, now how many of y'all want to really take care of your children? Okay, now so why do people have a problem thinking that God won't take care of his children? You got it? God won't, he wants to take care of you. And he's, matter of fact, is he's, he put, he has placed on you what you need. Watch this. That'll make you rich. Now, let's look at this word rich. Let's look at this word rich for a few moments. Now, this word rich is the Greek word asar, A-S-A-R. Watch this. And it literally means, in, in the Hebrew, my fault, in the Hebrew, it literally means to bring wealth or to accumulate. That's what it means. You can't, now, just because you don't like what it means, you can't change the meaning. So the Bible says in Proverbs, it says that this blessing that's on your life as a believer, watch this, it is meant to bring wealth or you can say to accumulate or you can say to increase or like I say, abundantly supplied. Why? So that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Okay. See, it's a very narrow perspective to think that the blessing is just for you. The black, listen, when you look at people that was blessed in Scripture, the blessing that was on them was never just for them. But the blessing that they had was always called, watch this, to help those that are what? Around them. It is the same thing today. And you have to understand, you can't help nobody else if you can't help yourself. So, so, so God wants the blessing in operation in your life. Praise the Lord. Somebody say the blessing. blessing. Now, when the blessing is on my life and it causes me to accumulate or to increase, it does not bring sorrow with it. You got it? So, so, so when the blessing is operating in my life, it does not, it does not bring sorrow. It does not bring grief or toll. You got it? Now, let me say it like this. There are people that have no covenant with God. Watch this. They can get wealth. You got it? It, it can come. They can be very prosperous in their life. But here's what they don't get. You got it? Or here's what they do get. When they get their wealth, then there's sorrow attached with it. You got it? When they accumulate their sorrow, this is why you see folk that can have a whole lot of money but hate life. I mean, they got all the stuff we said, well, we had that, man. We were baby. No, they got all this stuff. They got, they got the houses. They got the cars. They ain't got to worry about where they next. I mean, they got all. But, man, they are miserable. They really hate life. Why? Because, watch this, they got the stuff without the blessing. So now, now because they got it, now, what they got to do is they got to sustain it. So now what that does is that brings all of this toll where you got to do everything you got to do. You got to do everything that you can do to keep it. See, but what the blessing does is when the blessing comes, watch this, it produces or it causes you to increase without all of this sweat and toll. Y'all remember that song out years ago? You say, I work hard for my money. I work hard for my money. Yeah. You know, see, and that's, that's the thing. See, but when you got the blessing working on your life, see, that's, that, that, that is not for you. Now, does that mean you don't do anything? No. But watch this. What you do comes naturally to you. See, it seems difficult to folk that are looking from without in. But to you, it's easy. Because you're working with the what? With the blessing. You got it? So, so even though what I do look hard to others, it's easy to what? Me, because I'm cooperating with what God created me to do. 
And so now this blessing causes me to accumulate and it brings no what? Sorrow or you can say no toll. All right, y'all with me? Uh, and seeing this is all you got to do is you got to work with it. Somebody say you got to work with it. Now, now, now. So let's continue. Let's, let's go a little farther because I'm getting ready to turn a page. The best decision is the next one that I will make that will help me become the person God created me to be. Your best decision will be the next decision that you make that will help you become the person that God has created you to be. See, watch this. Your best decision hadn't been made yet. Because your best decision is the next decision that you're going to make that's going to help you become the person that God has created you to be. And in the kingdom of God, private battles must be won first. Then God will orchestrate public ones that are designed to propel you into the destiny that God has for you. So this is how the kingdom of God works. Right? right? Private battles got to be won first. Now we're going to see this. I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you three case studies. We're going to look at Moses. We're going to look at David, and we're going to look at Jesus. You got it? And you'll see in their life that, watch this, private, there were private battles that had to be won what? First. Watch this. Battles that nobody knew about but them and God. <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah. You're going to get this today. Let, 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 get this. Yeah, no, you're going to get this. Then nobody else knew about these battles but that person and God. And now once they conquered that battle, then God will orchestrate a public one. Watch this. For everybody to see, and that public battle was meant to usher them into their destiny. But here's the problem. If you're unwilling to fight the private ones, you will never get the destiny. And this, see, listen, listen. Just because you live in this earth does not mean you will live according to death or you will live out your destiny. There's a whole lot of folk that live that didn't live out the plan of God for their life. Why? Because they were unwilling to fight the private battles. This is how the kingdom of God works. See, see, you think just because don't nobody know, it's all right. No, but God says, no, you got to deal with this in private. So that now I can orchestrate this public one that's going to usher you into being the man that, or the woman that I called you to be. The, the public one don't come if you don't first fight the private one. All right, let's look at an example. Let's look at Moses first. Go to, go to Exodus 4. Exodus 4, verse 1. All right? And this is, this, is all, this is all part of walking in the power of the blessing. And like I'm going to say, you know, <laughs> well, I'll wait and say it a little bit later. I'll wait, I'll wait and say it at the end. All right, Exodus 4, Exodus 4, verse 1. Now, you got it? Let's give, let's give you a little backdrop what's going on. You got it? Moses has, has, has fled Egypt. You got it? Because he killed the Egyptian. He's been living on the backside of the desert for 40 years. You got it? Yeah, just, you know, and now God shows up in, the, in a burning bush. You got it? And the bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed by fire. Everybody know it. You got it? And then God begins to speak to Moses out of this bush how he wants him to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. All right. So here we pick up Moses in chapter four, verse one. And he says, and Moses answered and said, but behold, watch this. They will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say the Lord had not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth thine hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his what? Hand. Now, let's look at this because 
God was telling Moses, now let, let's put this in perspective. God was telling Moses to go to the most powerful nation in the earth at that time and tell the ruler of that nation that he had to release his entire workforce. No, no, no you got to put this in perspective. This is what God said. Now, to the most powerful nation in the earth, you got it? And tell this man, listen, your entire workforce, you got to release. Now, before Moses could be counted on to trust God in that setting, he had to be willing to trust God when there was nobody else around but him and God. Right now, because this is what God, this is what God was telling him. He said, now, I'm going to sit. Now, come on now. Y'all put this in to the most powerful nation. Now, you just a little sheep herder, whatever. I don't know what he was doing back there, whatever he was doing for 40 years. Now, you're going to go to this nation and say, your entire workforce, my God, said you better let him go. Now, y'all wonder, wonder why Pharaoh laughed. <laughs> what? Man, you better get out of my face. Because now, this is what you got to understand. Everybody that knew that Moses had killed the Egyptian, all them were dead. See, so Moses didn't have no fear. You read a couple verses down, it tells you that. So he didn't have, he really didn't have no fear of that. God made sure all them died out. But he still had to go to the, to the, to the Pharaoh that was in charge and tell him, say, listen, Doc, I need you to let all your workforce go because they're not your people, they're God's people, and he said he want them. And Pharaoh like, man, you better get out of my face. You got it? But before Moses could get to that public setting, Watch this. He had to win the battle to trust God in private. This is what people, this is what people don't get. You got it? Until you win the battle to trust God in private. Because back here in the wilderness, it was nobody there but God and Moses. Now, now watch this. Now God tells him, he says, throw the rod on the ground. And the rod turns into a snake. Now, here's the thing now. I want y'all to understand. Moses has been working this ground for 40 years. So Moses knew what snakes were poisonous. Come on. And what snakes weren't poisonous. Now, when Moses saw this particular snake, no, he didn't, he didn't walk away. He didn't sit there and look at it. No, when he saw this snake, the Bible says that joker ran. Now, 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 hold, now, now, why would he run from that? Come on, y'all. Because he knew one bite from this kind of snake. One bite going to kill me. That's why he ran from it. Now, here's God. Now, now this is why I tell you why y'all read about it. Here's God. Now, Moses, this is what I want you to do. Reach down and pick that snake up by his tail. Now, now, see, this is now I'm getting ready to lose because this way a whole lot. See, it baffles me when everybody is telling me that God said this and God said that. But what you telling me God said makes sense. Because most of the time when I see God speak in the Bible, it don't make sense. So now this is the testimony. Now, what sense do it make to go grab a poisonous snake by the tail? It don't make so so when people, you know, they come and say, well, you know, I just believe that, that God is telling me to do this. And everything that God is telling them really makes sense to them. That is not the testimony of Scripture. Most of the time when you see God speak in the Bible, what he says to a man does not make sense to that man. That's the testimony of Scripture. See, no, you making this decision because this is what you want to do. It makes sense to you. But when God speaks, in most cases, what he says don't make what? Come on, just let's take a look at a couple instances. Look at Gideon. Gideon sitting there, you know, he's sitting there, you know, squashing grapes. Where he want to call. Now, now then Lord can say, listen, boy, come on. I need you to get up and I need you to go, go fight. But he said, what do you want me? Out of all the folk you got to choose, you choose one. I'm just a grape squasher. 
No, how many of y'all ever done something for God and, 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 and what God said to you didn't make, when God told me that I was supposed to preach, don't laugh too hard ever. Come on, now that just didn't make no, do you know my past? <laughs> do you know what folk going to say? Now you're sending me to Snow Hill where everybody know my past. You ain't seen me. Why come you couldn't send me to California or somewhere like that where don't nobody know me? But you gonna send me to the place where I did all my dirt. And you want me to talk to them. God, they ain't gonna believe that you sent me. That's what my, come on, y'all. You got, so when God begins to speak to you, you must understand what God says is not gonna make what? Sense. See, but when, see, what you want to do is you want to try to make it sense, so you start wanting to put a spin on it. Because I remember when I first got here, you, uh, I, uh, I know my mama remember, but I knew God sent me to Snow Hill, but I went looking for me a building in Greenville. <laughs> I said it makes sense to put a church in Greenville. <clears throat> you got, because I ain't really hang out in Greenville, but for me to put a church in, come on, it don't make no sense. Ain't nobody coming to church in Snow Hill, not to hear no Bible talk anyway. Ain't, ain't you got See, because it didn't make sense. You got it? But the very thing, watch this, that doesn't make sense to you. Come on, makes a whole lot of sense to God. Why? Because you got to trust God to do it. See, see, when it makes sense to you, then you can trust your skill, your talent, your ability, and your training. But when it doesn't make sense to you, then the only thing you got is God. You got it? So now, so then Moses, so Moses, watch this, reached out. Come on. Stretch his hand out there and pick that snake up by the tail. That's profound. Because now God didn't say just pick it up. Come on. Because some of us might would have picked it up, you know, say, okay. But what we're going to do is we're going to find our way to put our, head, our foot on that head first. I'm going to find some way that come on, that kind of, I, I need to remove the ability of this snake to strike me. I'm going to do what you said, but watch this, I'm going to do it my way. See, see but here's what God said. When God tells you something, he moves your way out of the way because he tells you the way to do it. And the way that he tells you to do it is a way that you got to trust God in order to to do it. See, this is what this is what we want. We see we want the, the we want the we want the removal of the ability of the enemy to strike. No, no, we want come on, we want to be out of reach. But God said, I want you to be right in the reach. But what I'm gonna do is I'm going to stop the enemy's ability. Come on, come on, glory be to God. To strike you. You in striking distance, but he won't be able to strike you because I'm going to do it and not what? You. That's the, that's the thing. Now, let's give, you, let's give you a little illumination on this, on this scripture. Now, if you know anything about a rod, a rod is a symbol of authority. All right? Now, when, when he threw the rod down, he threw the authority down. And anytime you throw your authority down, you're going to have to deal with snakes. See, some of y'all got so many snakes in your house because you put down your God-given authority. No, your kids run your house instead of you. So you got snakes. So anytime, no, no, no. So anytime you're unwilling, you're a business owner. And watch this, you letting everybody else run your company instead of you. Because <laughs> you don't walk in the authority God gave you. You're going to have to deal with some, some snakes. But now, so what you got to do is you got to walk in your God-given authority. God gave Moses the authority to pick up his authority. No, y'all, some of y'all going to get this. 
Because some of y'all done dropped your authority. You got you done dropped it. You done dropped it and you wonder where all these stakes coming from. They coming because you won't walk in your God-given authority. You listening to everybody else but God. And now, watch this. Everywhere is full of snakes. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. But now, so, so, so now, so, so, let's get back to my lesson. Because what's going on here is that this private battle had to be waged first. A battle when nobody else was around but God and Moses. Nobody, listen, listen, won't nobody, won't no fans. His children won't there. His wife won't there. It was nobody but him and God. Now, let me say this. Public obedience is cultivated in private. You got it? Public obedience is cultivated in private. Have you ever seen parents that got small kids? And they try to get the kids to obey in public. And the kids won't listen. You won't know why? Because they don't listen at home in private. No, that's why. See, 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 no. So what you do is you cultivate it in private. Then you ain't got to worry about them cutting up in public. You know where you get shame. You got light and you tell like, I don't know why they ain't listening because they don't listen to you at home. Come on, it ain't hard to figure it out. You got, so what I got to understand, public obedience is cultivated in what? Private. Second witness, David. Go to um, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel um, 17. I think 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, one up. 1 Samuel 17. Whoo, Jesus. 1 Samuel 17, um, verse 19. 1 Samuel 17, verse 19. We're going to read a little bit. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying, I'm trying to drive this home. You got it? That there are some private battles that got to be waged in your life first. You got it? Some battles that don't nobody else know about, but you and who? God. Now, once you win those battles in private, then what God is going to do is he's going to orchestrate a public setting. You got it? And that public setting that is orchestrated by God is called to usher you into your destiny. See, because when Moses went before Pharaoh, what happened? He was ushered into his what? If there was no Pharaoh to engage, watch this, there wouldn't have been no destiny for Moses. Jesus. Oh my goodness, man. See, the blessing of God is called to operate, call, is called to operate under conflict. Okay, 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 okay. So if you don't like conflict, the blessing won't engage. Come on, come on. They, they, listen, see, so when you're a person that always runs from conflict, then you don't give the blessing, watch this, the right to do what it's called to do. And it's called to engage conflict and out of this conflict comes prosperity. Jesus, glory be to God. <laughs> Listen, yeah, okay. did y'all remember the story, the story of um, David um, when he went to the cave? And, and then all these people came to David in the cave. And all of them had all these issues. You got it. And then he became their leader. And when he became their leader, he led them into battle. After battle. After battle. And then you see these same people that he led in conflict when he was building the tabernacle or he, he was setting aside the money to build the tabernacle that them jokers gave in our money over $80 billion. The same ones that were broke, busted, and disgusted. How did they get their money? Conflict. What? See, this is where the church misses. See, you want it easy. See, the blessing is not designed to work in easy. No, this is way for this way for me. You want you just want a job that's easy. I want everybody to like me. 
I want all this kind. You know, no, yeah, I, I just want it easy. See, the blessing don't work in that environment. The blessing works when you're willing to engage conflict on the behalf of the kingdom. And then what it does is it brings forth or it accumulates wealth. But because you run from conflict, you miss the wealth. And you can't, you can't be willing to do that. You got to understand, when the problem shows up, you got to know, I got something on me to handle this, and it's called the blessing. Somebody say, the blessing, blessing. knows what to do. <laughs> That's how Bill Winston said it. The blessing knows what to do. It knows what to do. It knows what to do in your life. So what you don't do is you don't back up from conflict. Because I understand in this conflict is my prosperity. Glory be to God. Somebody going to get that when you go home. Because there's some stuff you've been running from that you need to confront. And I don't know how folks just think, you know, just because, you know, I mean, you got a rookie, you got a leaf in your, you got a leak in your roof. And you think somehow the leak just going to stop by itself. Well, I'm just going to pray to the Lord. No, you better get up there and plug that thing up. No, no, do you gonna keep you gonna keep right on getting rained on? You got you gotta be willing to engage the conflict. This is why folk don't have prosperous marriages. Marriage broke. When I say broke, I, I ain't talking about I'm talking about it's busted. Why? Because you won't engage what? Conflict. You keep right on letting them have their way even when it ain't right. Cause you scared of them. And you, and, you, and you do it. This is how you say, well, I just want to keep peace. There's no peace. Yeah, no, no, no. He, no, no, doctor, there is no peace. No, we ain't going to have no peace until we deal with this. Because this ain't right. You got, but you just continue to let them sit around and do what's up. It ain't right. Why? Because you don't want no conflict. Ain't nobody say conflict feels good because every time when, when, when Chris engaged me, I don't like it. She, come on, she might be right and I might be wrong, but when she come, I don't like it. I don't like it. But watch this. If she wouldn't engage me, then I will continue in my folly. And now as I continue in my folly, it, know, it not only affects me, it affects her and it affects our children. You got so you can't be afraid of conflict. Well, they might leave me. So, Bible says, if it be possible, live peaceable with what? And he said, God said, if it be, and He says, if they want to leave, come on, come on, let them go. Well, let him go. No, no, let him go. No, 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 no. Don't be trying to hold on to him. Come on, let him go. See, now you see a whole lot of time. Oh, no, I'm, I'm all over here. A whole lot of time, you trying to hold on something. Hold on to something that you should let. Because you picked them anyway. That won't God. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Okay, okay. Okay. And now you, okay. Praise the Lord. First Samuel, first Samuel. First Samuel, first Samuel. No, no, and this ain't no, listen, this ain't no excuse to walk away from folk because I did that cause, here, here's the bottom line, you know, uh, you know, you're, that, listen, listen, man, let anybody that's been married for any length of time can tell you in this room there's been a situation that they could have walked away from. Okay, come on, come on, come on, I got an amen on the front row, cause I probably got, how many years you been married? 52. How many years you been married? 47. Calculate. 52, 47 is what? Okay, come on. How many of y'all been married? 31. 31. 91 and 31 is what? 99. What? Pull out a calculator, phone or something. Y'all know y'all ain't that, ain't, that, ain't that quick? How many is that? How many years is that? Okay, let's start over. Somebody pull out the calculator. Phone. Okay. How many years you been married? 52. Somebody say 52. 52. Then you hit the plus sign. <laughs> 
How many, how many years? How many years? 47. 47. Now, how many, how many years? 31. One what? 130. Now, how many years you been married? 43. 43. One what? 173. So I got 173 years right here of marriage. No, 173 years on the front row of marriage. All right. Now, I bet you I can ask any one of these 173 years, has there been an opportunity for you to cut your losses and leave? Mama Gail fold up her hands. No, no, no. Has it been an opportunity? Has it been an opportunity? Has it been an opportunity? So I'm not saying just because you got the opportunity to go, you should go. You got that? So, so there's a difference because folk think, I, you know, I'm, no, 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 I'm against divorce. Because the Bible says that when a person gets divorced, somebody's heart in that marriage done got hard. Whether it was you or your spouse, somebody's heart got what? Hard. And here's the problem. If you don't confront it in this marriage, you're going to see it again in the next one. No, you're going to see it. No, you you better have... I ain't going to ask how many people been married me more than once. You got... But here's the thing. I bet you they've seen some of the same mess over and over and over again. This is why you got to deal with that devil when he first show his head. God And folk afraid. I never seen so many, I mean, people afraid. Won't say something to your spouse because you're scared. What you going to do? I ain't never seen her. Got a whole generation just scared of everything. Shoot. What are they going to do to you? All right, some of y'all need to answer this question because some of this is y'all, this is y'all private battle. And that private battle is going to have to be what? One. Praise the Lord. Chris. Chris has the freedom to say what she wants to say. I cannot control that woman. You got it. But if she say something ain't right, she better look to get corrected. It don't happen often. It don't happen often, but it happens. <laughs> you can cool believe that. You cool believe that? And I ain't scared. Come on, Castle, move on, move on. First Samuel 17. That's all right. That's all right. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. She ain't gonna beat you tonight. <laughs> First Samuel 17. I, I have, I mean, it, it amazes me. It amazes me. It's amazing me. Folk gonna try to talk to you and they can't even run their own house. And you gonna tell me what I need to do. Well, Pastor, I think. Well, the first thing I'm doing, I'm looking who mouth they're coming out of. Your wife don't even listen to you. <laughs> it's real quiet now. Ding, ling, 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 ling. But now I'm supposed to get wisdom from you about the church. That's contrary to scripture. Yeah, why everybody so quiet? Why everybody, why y'all look like y'all nervous or something, man? This is true. And this is why everybody that's talking about they wish Jesus were here. No, you don't. Because he's going to tell you truth. You got to win these private battles. Why are you so afraid? Because your fear got to be conquered in private first. And that's the thing that's keeping you back from your destiny. Stop being so scared because God is with you. Come on, God, somebody say, God is with me. And the Bible tells me if God is for me, 
then who or what can stand what? Against me. They can't. You got so what you got to do is you got to choose the side of God. I got to make sure that when I'm on the side, it ain't my wife's side, it ain't my kids' side, it ain't my family's side, but it's whose side? God's side. Then I know nothing can come against me. It may come, but it will not prevail. Praise the Lord. First Samuel 17. Let's look at David. Praise the Lord. I, boy, I tell y'all what, man. Oh. <sighs> First Samuel 17, First Samuel 17, verse uh, 19. Now Saul and they all, and they all, and now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came um, to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight. And he shouted for the battle, for Israel and the Philistines have put the battle in array, army against army. Verse 22, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the, and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And, and, and as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw, when they saw the man, did what? They did, just like Moses. Moses fled, they ran, because Moses was scared. Watch this. They did the same thing. You got it? And fled from him and were so what? Afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up surely to defy Israel? Is he come up? And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done? Let me put it in my terminology. They sitting around, they said, listen, the man that killed this guy. The king going to make him rich. The king going to give him his daughter. His daughter fine. And he going to watch it. And he going to make him free from taxes. He going to have to pay taxes another day of his life. And David said, what you say? <laughs> come on. Come on, Doc. See, see, watch this. When other folk turn and run, the man who has the blessing sees opportunity. Come on. Come on now. Why? Because he is not afraid of conflict. Now, here's the question you got to ask yourself. Why was David not afraid of Goliath? Okay, come on now. Some of y'all already know. We ain't got to read it because y'all know about it. Because of what, Mama Gail? Yeah, yeah. Come on, somebody else said it. Somebody said private. Who said private? Some private? Private victories. You got it? David had already fought the lion and fought the what? Bear. And then he saw Goliath. And he said, who is this? Uncircumcised. Who dared defies the army of the living what? Now here's the problem. If he had never had the private victories, he would have ran just like the rest of them when the public joker showed up. Just like the rest of them. The rest of them, the rest of them turned tail and run, ran because they didn't have no private prayer life. Okay. okay. Oh. There you go. Yeah, yo. You ain't got you. Listen, that's why you always running. That's why you don't want conflict because watch this. You ain't doing nothing in private that's preparing you for public. You got it? So, so you got it. Listen, I got to handle business in what? Private. Now, so watch this. God knew David been handling his business in private. So now what God does is now I'm going to orchestrate this situation. Come on. That's going to usher him into his destiny. Because y'all remember, y'all remember the, the, the play? Lewis and them done? And they were singing that song. Saul, David, what is that? How I go, Lewis? Yeah, Saul, Saul has killed his thousand, but David has killed his what? They got that from the word. 
You ain't, ain't that from the word? Did you get it from the word you wrote play? All right. So now, because of this public victory that everybody saw, this public victory now ushered him into his destiny, which was his kingship. So if there hadn't have been a Goliath, there would have never been a King David. Mm. 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 Man, somebody going to get this today. Somebody going to get this today. Somebody going to get this today. You got it. They going to get this. You got it. The thing that's standing in between you and your destiny is your private moments that are preparing you for your public Goliath. You got it? But if you're unwilling to do what you need to do in private, watch this, you will not be prepared for the public. You won't be prepared. You'll do just like everybody else. You'll turn tail and flee, or you will try to do it your own way. You try to do it your own way, and then when you try to do it your own way, you got, instead of the way God tell you to do it, you got, you still going to end up getting what? Destroyed. All right? Let's go to one more. Last one, I'm going to let y'all go. Now, now, <laughs> there has to be a choice made to conquer those things in private that no one knows about so that God can orchestrate a public setting that will usher you into your destiny. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I have been marked, have been marked. for greatness. No, tell them like that. Say, I have been marked, have been marked for, greatness. for greatness. Every one of you all in here have been marked by God for greatness. You got it? Now, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to deal with those private areas that don't nobody else know about but you and God. See, see, listen, here's the thing. See, I don't have to sit up here and tell you what, you ain't, what you're doing that you know ain't right. You already know. Come on, because you got the Spirit of God. I don't have to spend time to, to point out your sin. You got it? Because you had the Holy Spirit. You know what you're doing ain't right. So now what you got to do is you got to be willing to confront that sin. You got to be willing to confront it. You got to be willing to take it on. And, and listen, and for some of you all, it's going to be a fight. Because you've been doing it for years. And that thing done attached itself to you. You got it? But what it's doing is it's stopping you from walking in your destiny. And you will never get the destiny unless you deal with it. This is why you get up tight every time somebody mention it. I mean, somebody accidentally hit it. Somebody say something about it and it's a sore spot for you because it's real. You know that's you. That's, that's the spot of your failure. That's why you keep on... <laughs> That way you keep on dropping the ball every time. And instead of confronting it head on, dealing with it, watch this, getting the victory, what? Over it, you just continue to live with it. And God says now, you can't get the destiny like that. You got to deal with it. Now, your private life is the breeding ground for what you will experience in public. Your private life is the breeding ground for what you will experience in public. All right? So that means in my private life, I must begin to have success. And I'm not talking about worldly success. I'm talking about success with God. I got to begin to spend time with God in private. Come on. God, David knew God was going to show up. David even said, go back to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 17. Go back there. One more, one more, one, real quick, real brief. I ain't, ain't going to be much longer, y'all. First Samuel, uh, <clears throat> I can't even find First Samuel. First Samuel seventeen. Go to verse. Uh, go to verse thirty-four. First Samuel seventeen. Now this is David, and David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered. Now, did you hear what he's saying? Now, the joker already left with it. See, sometimes when the devil take your stuff, you don't sit back and just let him go. David went and got him. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, you missed that. 
And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Now, you can see something in this. Whenever you go after the devil to get your stuff, once you catch him, he's going to turn on you. He, no, no, he ain't just going to drop it and say, okay. No, no, wait, okay, you can have that. No, the devil just ain't going to do it. He, no, he's going to turn and say, okay, now you caught me, now what's up? And that's what the devil, what the bear in the line did. And he turned on David, and David what? Slew him. Got it? Verse uh, 36. They, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, there it is, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this what? Listen, David knew who it was. David knew the only thing I had to do is engage the blessing and God going to do the rest. Glory <laughs> be to God. Didn't nobody say it was going to be easy. But the blessing will usher you into conflict. All right? Now, now go to Matthew 3. Let's look at the last, last, last one. Jesus. Because what I'm trying to get you to see, if Moses had to do it, if David had to do it, and Jesus had to what? Come on, you're going to have to do it. You cannot continue to neglect your private life. You can't do it. Well, I ain't got time to pray. I ain't got time to read my Bible. I ain't got time to go to church. I ain't got time. No, what you are doing is you're cutting yourself off from your what? Destiny. How many of you all Listen, want to walk in everything in this earth that God prepared you to walk in. I raise both of my hands. Everything that God created me to do, watch this, I won't do it. God, I, 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 you know, that's what I won't do. I, mean, I think we was, at, we was at the barbecue festival the other night. I think John, me and John said, we're going to be walking, just going to be no more. See, y'all don't say stuff like that. That's just, well, there are people in the Bible that did it. So why can't you do it? Shoot, I always tell my boys, shoot, shoot for the stars. Maybe you'll hit the moon or something. <laughs> I mean, you out there, you got those little bitty goals, and you ain't going to hit nothing. Come on, shoot big. Shoot big. So what if, so what if you don't? What if you don't? What if you don't? So what? I'm still, I'm, I, I still die like everybody else, but I'm still in heaven. Okay, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. What did I say, Matthew 3? 3, 13. What I'm saying, man, go ahead. Try to accomplish everything you believe God has put in you. Don't you know there are some things that God put in you that don't nobody else know about? And the more you nurture that private life, it's going to come out. Now watch this. When you first speak it, folk ain't going to believe it. They ain't going to want to hear it. Just like, David, just like what David's brother told him. Man, be quiet. All your pride and your hauntedness. You know, when you start speaking forth destiny, man, folk don't like it. You want to know why they don't like it? Because they like so little. No, that's what happened. No, no, no. I want you to hear it. When you start speaking big around little folk, they don't like it. Why? Because they look at their little life and then, watch this, they don't like your big talk. So what you will do, because you still want to be around them, you will shut up about what God told you so you can fit with them. You got, you got to be willing to speak with boldness what I know God placed in my heart. Even if you don't understand it or not, I'm going to say what I believe the Lord told me to say. You got it? Because I got to call it for it. Listen, it may not make sense to folk. And David had to turn around and tell his brother, is there not a cause? Come on, is there not a cause? Come on, come on. You know, when, you, when you're talking about doing whatever you got to do and how God has told you to do it, and folk be talking about, just shut up. You got to turn around and say, is there not a cause? 
Come on, is that not a cause? You know, I mean, uh, 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 Lewis, Lewis do have. Is that not a cause? Folk got naughty heads. They had need to be cut. They need to be did. So why don't they just come on to me? I just believe God they all come what? To me. Is that not a But don't you stop talking about what God put in you. All right. Now watch this. Matthew, what I say? 3 verse um, 13. I'm almost done, y'all. And it says, Then coming Jesus from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and cometh thou to me. And Jesus answered and said to him, Suffer or allow it to be um, so now, for thus it becometh to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him and suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending. Now, all y'all religious folk underline this. Like a dove. It wasn't a dove. Every time somebody starts talking about the Holy Spirit, they got a dove. <laughs> like. Like. <laughs> not a dove. Not, do, not dove's holy. Don't shoot that dove. <laughs> Okay, like, okay, okay, like a dove. Okay, man, cause folks just get crazy, man. Then they, I mean, cause they, then they think they see, see the dove release, ooh, the Holy Spirit. You got all this stuff releasing the, for, for the Holy Spirit, man, like a dove. Man, I just want to correct that cause, I mean, y'all, y'all up in that foolishness. Why the, why the, I got to have some doves at my wedding for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> some doves. <laughs> what? I'm going to leave it alone. Y'all want some doves? Have some doves. Okay. But I just want to tell you, it was the Holy Spirit wasn't a dove. It was. Come on, say it again. It was. Okay, praise the Lord. All right. All right. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well what? Next verse. Then. 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 After what just took place. Jesus led up of the Spirit into the what? Watch this. To be tempted by who? Oh, ho, 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 ho. Not in public. Going to take him out there where there ain't nobody. Watch this, but him and the devil to go do battle. Watch this. Watch this. Ain't nobody going to see him win. No, no, no. You got to catch what's going on. Ain't nobody... Ain't nobody going to see him win. But now, watch this. Now, with Jesus, it was even the more because what God did with him, he got him at his weakest point. The joker had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Then the devil shows up. Come on, let's do battle now. So now what you understand is what the devil will do is he'll wait until you get to your weakest point. And then say, come on, time for battle. That way, he, don't, he don't wait when you walk around, you strong in faith, everything is good and all that. Come on, let's go. No, he wait till you get to your weakest point. Where, uh, listen, where everything is going, it could be the worst season of your life. But here's what, here's what Jesus knew. Jesus knew, listen, watch this, because now he had the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, Jack, come on. Okay, here's the point. Watch this. Before you go into the battle, God gonna make sure you equipped to win it. Jesus, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Jesus had everything he needed. You got it to win the battle. So now, this is what this means to me. If you in it, God expects you to win it. No, no, doc, doc. no, no, we don't come out with no L's. You got it? If I'm in this battle, you got it? And this battle is orchestrated by God to usher me into my destiny. Then watch this. I don't leave this battle. Watch this until I what? Until I win. Now, if you keep right on reading, after this, after this private battle where Jesus won, then he came out starting his public ministry. Okay. And this is the problem. 
You got a whole lot of folks starting a whole lot of stuff in public, and they ain't worn in private. Got it? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Everyone wants to live a public life that their private life can't sustain. What I need to do is I need to strengthen my private life and then it will be able to sustain my public one. Got it? But we want to look like we're here. But we really did. God said, get the private life right. You got it? Then it'll be able to uphold your what? Public one. Now, <clears throat> so I got to take on those things that may be hindering me from living the life I know God has called me to live. Big decisions are important, but a truly meaningful life doesn't happen through a few big decisions. You build it by stacking hundreds and hundreds of smaller ones. So what I got to do, do, do today is I got to make a choice. You know what? Is I want to live out my, my destiny. You got it? So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to begin to make little decisions daily. Come on. That I'm going to build my life on. That's going to usher me into my destiny. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'm done. For more lessons from Pastor Anthony Jones and New Life Church, please subscribe to this podcast. You can also go to newlifewoc.com for our live streaming service times. Thanks for listening.